Weekly Podcast powered by ESPN 840 here in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. We are back in the studio for the first time in a while. Uh, I'm solo today, unfortunately, because it is the week after our second NASCAR race weekend. We are a bit tired. We had a heck of a race weekend. It was always great seeing all the fans. Uh, but we're quickly shifting gears to the Rising IndyCar Series race, the ABC Supply 500, taking place at Pocono Raceway, August 18th through the 19th. We are going to be doing a giveaway at some point today as well. Um, you guys definitely listen in for that. And our special guest today is actually our president, Ben May. If you don't know who Ben May is, you're going to learn about Ben May today. It's basically a one-on-one interview with myself, Kevin, and, and our president. He, he's He's been at the track for many years. He actually went to college with uh, our CEO, Nick Igdalski. He started working at Pocono Raceway, like many of us, just during some summer months when we have our, our key race weekends and has uh, quickly become a fixture at Pocono Raceway. Uh, became our CMO, uh, I would say probably three or four years ago, and has since become the president of the track from July of last year. Not saying this to uh, get extra money, but he's, he's done a heck of a job. He is... Uh, a heck of a leader, and um, you know he's a great boss. So in a second, we'll uh, see if we can get him on here. But um, the giveaway today, IndyCar. I mean, it's right around the corner for you guys who don't know or have not been to an IndyCar race at Pocono Raceway. Last year, something crazy, 250-plus on track during the race passes for position. I think we had 50-something lead changes. Anticipate a similar aerodynamics package with these IndyCars. And quite frankly, seven wide. 250 miles an hour or 230 miles an hour. So seven wide restarts. They said that if they, if you could make the front stretch wider, they would actually continue to go out. I mean, there's only like 20 something cars in the field, 25 or so. I don't know how wide they would go, but seven wide, 235 miles an hour into turn one. They don't lift. It's insanity on restarts. It's insanity for the race. And it's just good, clean, open wheel racing. You know, we'll see who's going to win it. It's been, it's been a stellar year so far. A lot of moving parts, a lot of moving who's been the points leader, who hasn't been. You know, we saw Will Power get the Indy 500 win, and, and everyone thought for sure he was going to be the person that was going to, you know, have the best chance at winning this championship. And then all of a sudden, Scott Dixon, you know, the Iceman, Mr. Consistency, has just risen to the challenge. Um, and prior to all of this, Joseph Newgarden came out of the gates and it looked like he was going to be his year. So the point shifts in IndyCar are amazing to watch. And Pocono, with I think only two more races after that for the season, it's going to be a key, key race. And we want to see you there. There's there's tons going on besides just the IndyCar. Three-quarter midgets are going to be there. They they race, believe it or not, at the exit of Pit Road. We are actually calling this the first ever night race during a race weekend. They'll be on track uh, Friday evening for all of our camping guests and Saturday evening for anyone with a Saturday ticket and a paddock pass. You can watch it. We'll open up a select area of our grandstand to watch those races Saturday night after the IndyCar on-track activity. Classic Racing Times brings the vintage IndyCar celebration to the track every year. The paddock Sunday should have, I don't know, something crazy like 150 Corvettes and probably 60 other old school vintage cars ranging from everything from midgets to indie cars to stock cars, drag racing. There's there's tons of stuff to do. And then on Sunday, also on Saturday and Sunday, uh, the quarter midgets, the kids will be out. And that typically took place on Friday with some racing here and there. But we've actually moved it to where they actually have their nationals and their finals and their final races, their mains as you call them. That's taking place on Sunday, which is Phenomenal in the pad or in fanfare. So Sunday Grandstand ticket gets in. Um, if you're a camper, head on over there as well. 
it should be a full jam-packed Friday and Saturday. Campers can still arrive on Thursday. And the other cool piece about IndyCar a lot of people don't realize is the access you get with a paddock pass. So for NASCAR, the paddock pass gets you between, in the paddock, which is for NASCAR, the area between the garage and pit road, and also gives you access on Sunday um, for all ages on pit road. A paddock pass for IndyCar, the paddock is designated as the garage, the paddock, and the pits. So basically as a kid and any any person, you can go directly up to the driver's garage stall, which is fantastic. So um, a great value. We have two separate prices, one for Saturday, one for Sunday. We also have a combo package. PokemonRaceway.com is where you can get all the tickets. So today, the giveaway, PokemonRaceway.com slash live. In the giveaway today, when you visit that site, you'll be entered to win Tickets for the entire race weekend. We'll do a four-pack, Saturday tickets, Sunday tickets, and paddock passes. And the Sunday tickets are going to be in the Terrace Club. So Terrace Club for Saturday, Terrace Club for Sunday. Um, those come with your pit paddock passes already. Your ticket acts as your pit paddock pass. And, um, yeah, come on out. Enjoy it. Comes with food and beverage as well, which is great. So heck of a way to watch two amazing days of racing. And then with that, since we're on the podcast... Stick around Saturday night, because while we have three-quarter midget racing going on down at the other end of the track in the paddock, we will be doing a special podcast, and that's all I'm telling you right now, because we're going to save that. So real quick, we're going to get Ben on the line, and uh, we'll welcome to the show. All right, welcome into the show. Ben May, president of Pocono Raceway. How you doing, Ben? Great, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. I know. It's already took, uh, I think, like 13 episodes to finally have you on, or 12 episodes to finally have you on, but... Welcome to the show. <laughs> I know. Zach, Zach, Zach and the Record got me on before you did. Yeah, I know. I know. that Our friends over at the Pocono Podcast, not the Pocono Raceway Podcast, the Pocono Podcast, which is the Pocono Records uh, sports podcast. Yeah, they had you on. And I know. I felt bad that you, you did that in I June. I know my role. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so we just came out of a great NASCAR weekend. It was great seeing all the fans, but um, we're shifting gears here. We're uh, getting ready for some open wheel racing. What are you most excited about for IndyCar weekend? So for me, the IndyCars, it's the sense of speed that I think is fascinating and, and the bravery of those guys and girls. Um, you know, NASCAR is fast. The truck series is fast. You know, Xfinity guys are fast, but these IndyCar guys—it's a whole different—it's a whole different level of speed. And I, you know, I always feel like when you're sitting in the stands, you can tell the difference. I mean, those those things are gone. Well, I was just saying that before that, you know, if you've never been to an open wheel race before, and and obviously Indy is like the epitome, right? And I know we should always be pedaling, poking a raceway, but like IndyCar with you know Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but. What Pocono offers fans, I mean, the restarts, seven wide, and, and not just one year. Like, the first year they fanned out to go seven wide, and then the next year they did seven wide, and then last year they did seven wide. So the restarts are, to me, everyone always talks about the NASCAR restarts of Pocono because they fan out, cars go five or six wide, but then they all kind of come back together, and you can tell when they're all going to get back in line. But with IndyCar, it's like the daredevils that they are, Who's going to break first is always the question. I don't understand how more people don't show up to the race just to see that restart. Yeah, it's spectacular. I think the first time we we saw that, we're all just like, you know, starstruck by the whole thing or awestruck. We're like, oh, my God, is that really happening? Are they going to get back too wide or three wide? Like, what in the world is going to accordion back to, uh, you know, to get through one? Um, And then every time it happens, it's still awesome. 
and I've had conversations with the drivers, you know, at, at different IndyCar media days at the track. And Scott Dixon is one of them. And, and I'll ask Scott a lot, like, what is it like? What goes through your mind? And his reaction is nothing. You're actually not thinking about anything because if you think about it too much, that's when the wreck happens. So you just try to be the fastest one. And it's basically a game of chicken. So who's going to get through the corner <laughs> fastest? Is, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I, I, 200, 220 mile an hour chicken. Sure. I, I know, it. right? <laughs> it's, it's insanity. Um, the other stuff that's really cool is all the other things that are coming. And, and, and I've let the fans know about, you know, three quarter midgets, um, the quarter midgets, you know, the kids bracing and fanfare. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to do. And then, and then the access that I feel like, and it's no knock, it's no knock to our friends at NASCAR because I think the access that drivers provide to us is stellar. Um, but a paddock pass gets you into the garage and up close and personal. What is what is the access for you when you see the fans be able to basically take over the garage on Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, so what was cool was I think it was two or three years ago um, I had my aunt and uncle here from Texas and uh, they had my, my son with them and the next thing I know, my uncle's texting me pictures of my son sitting in Graham Rahal's car. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, that's, I mean, that's, you know, that didn't get any better than that. And my wife was like, don't touch anything, right? The steering wheel probably cost, the steering wheel probably cost 200 grand. Um, and then, and then I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know, honestly, that has nothing to do with me, right? They, they, Graham Rahal's crew doesn't know who my wife is or my aunt and uncle or my son. Um, and then I'm like, that's amazing. They're really just letting kids get in race cars on race day. Um, and, and that, that kind of says it all for me. You know, you walk through the garage, you got kids hanging out, the drivers are hanging out in their cool scooters, um, signing autographs. And it's, uh, it's spectacular. It's just, you know, we talk about this perception versus reality a lot. Um, when it comes to motorsports, you know, what you see on TV is what's happening at the racetrack, but what's really happening at the racetrack is the stuff that I think folks like you and I, Kevin, really take a lot of pride in, and that's putting on a heck of a show for people that have chosen to come and, and spend their money with us. Um, and, you know, the sanctioning bodies and NASCAR and IndyCar allowing us to have that access and to, to work with it is what's what's really special. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and, and that's kind of, you know, we we always joke and we always use the you know the catchphrases of this is why we do what we do and this is why we love the fans. But you know you, you hit the nail on the head there, and that's that's exactly what we do. What we do. You you brought up your family, um, and I want to kind of uh, shift a little bit of focus now to you know not saying that you're not important, but a lot of people don't know who you are still. So this Good. is your, this is your spotlight, man. This is this is this is this is why we wanted to have you on. Um, we wanted you to talk about kind of. How the heck did you end up at Pocono Raceway coming from the deep south? Yeah, you know, I think Nick always says that he likes to do the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I really kind of think we all do, um, or both him and I do on some level. But uh, you're right, I got I got myself in this position, so uh, I can't hide, I can't hide <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I... Um, Went to Elon, Elon College, as it was at that point, now Elon University there in uh, right outside of Burlington, North Carolina. Um, just so happened that uh, this little little fella from Philadelphia was my next-door neighbor in the dorm freshman year. Um, and that gentleman is Nick Dowski, our CEO. 
So I uh, I didn't grow up in a racing family. You know, I did. I mean, I grew up in Eastern North Carolina, but I didn't grow up in a racing family. I didn't really know anything about racing, um, and I, I just kind of found myself uh, being friends and hanging out at the bar with this guy. And uh, <laughs> whatever, twenty some years later, you know, it's transitioned to a whole a whole new deal where uh, you know I'm living up here in the north, working at the raceway with Nick and you guys, and. Uh, my wife is from North Jersey, and we have these two little kids, so it's kind of funny how life happens sometimes. Absolutely. So when when was your first race weekend? What year was that? I think the first time I even saw a racetrack was probably 1990, I'll say 97. Okay. 1997 or 1998. I... Um, I would come up to the Poconos for spring break with Nick and another buddy of ours, Sean, who was from Philly. Um, and I was just kind of curious, right? Like I've never met these, I've never met any northerners before. And all of a sudden I'm living like next door to these two guys from Philly and they, <laughs> you know, they cuss a lot and they like go real fast. And it was always kind of, <laughs> it was always kind of fascinating to me. I was like, yeah, sure. What do I care? I'll go. I'm going to see what's going on. And I'm like, what? Your, your family is in the what? In the NASCAR business? Like, okay. Um, so I come up here at spring break, and, uh, you know, Nick and Nick and Brandon's mom, Louie, our, our chairman, you know, she uh, I knew how to use Excel, and I think she thought that was cool. So that was my, uh, that was my, first, uh, my first foray into racetrack life was the fact that I had taken a computer class at Elon and knew how to use Microsoft Excel. So <laughs> I appreciate you knowing Excel because as a person who also likes to use Excel, I feel like everyone else in our company uses, like, Microsoft Word tables. And then when you could tell when, when we do the work because – all it is is Excel files that everyone has to use in the entire yeah. company. <laughs> I don't even know how to use a Microsoft Word table. That seems like over. You're making it seems like we're making it harder than we need to. <laughs> uh, talk about uh, your transition because yeah. when after Microsoft Excel saved my life, <laughs> it saved your life and gave you a career. Who knew, right? <laughs> um, so I know that you had come up here during the summers, and then um, obviously, you know, you, you you brought up Corey, your wife, and and her family living in Jersey, um, and then kind of you eventually became and took a full time role here, um, you know, with Louie, with with you know our sister company, which is Mountain Concessions, which. For the fans that don't know, they handle all of our food and beverage. Um, they have that wonderful uh, beer and liquor license that our fans so enjoy during a race weekend. Um, they handle all of our merchandising as well as a slew of other things. They handle a lot of our catering and a lot of behind-the-scenes work that that people uh, think that Pocono Raceway handles, but it's a separate company uh, under our umbrella. Um, when did you start working at Mountain Concessions, and what was your role kind of starting off and how you kind of progressed and moved up the ladder in that company? Yeah, so after uh, after Elon, I um, I don't know what happened. I like I failed to realize that after college you're supposed to like have a job lined up. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like if nobody told me that or I just didn't care. I don't know. So I was at my uh, senior final or whatever it is that that business you know four hundred one final whatever the class was, and uh, the professor was like, he's like, you don't have a job, right? And I was like, well, what do you mean? I'm supposed to have a job? And he's like, yeah, you're graduating college. And I was like, what? Um, I was like, I thought I was just going to go back to my parents' house and, like, sort it out. Uh, so, so I did. I went back to my parents' house and sorted it out. 
Um, so I worked in at the State Employees Credit Union in Raleigh, North Carolina for, uh, I don't know how long I was there, maybe 16 months, 14 months. So, so I was a loan officer. You were in like a um, bunker, weren't you? I was in a blocked floor in a suit. It was it was not, uh, I, you know, I said to somebody recently, it was not the best job I've ever had, um, but I, I did learn a lot. So, you know, I, I learned a lot about credit, you know, loans and, you know, kind of looking after your financial health, if you will. So uh, a lot of credit to that, to that space for that. Um, but anyway, so I'm there and my wife, Corey, is, she went to Elon as well. She's in North Jersey, and she's in massage therapy school, I think, maybe at that point. Um, and so we still got this long-distance relationship going, and I'm like, well, yeah, she's not moving back to North Carolina. So <laughs> this is going to uh, <laughs> I was like, if this is going to work, i got to find something else to do. So coincidentally, Nick's, uh, Nick's mother, Louie, uh, offered me a job managing the corporate displays and doing a little bit of hospitality stuff. So the souvenir trailers, you know, the displays, a little bit of hospitality here and there. Uh, so I packed up my little two-door car and I drove up Interstate 95. And that was probably the spring of 2000, maybe the fall of 2000. Oh, yeah. Maybe 2001, I can't remember. Um, so, yeah, that's how I, that's how I got here. And then you worked your way up there, and you kind of basically started, um, you know, with with, with uh, just underneath Louie, kind of running that company, and, and then progressed your way to become CMO of Pocono Raceway in, what, 2013, 14? Yeah, 2000, yeah, I think it was 2013 is when I transitioned from Mountain Concessions to Pocono, and, and you know, during my last few years at, at Mountain Concessions, I had... You know, Brandon had, had given me the opportunity to, to kind of mess around in, in sales and marketing and, and advertising, and um, I always felt like I was kind of moonlighting, you know, <laughs> across the uh, across the hall. Not that my office was like three doors down from yours, you know, <laughs> right. but uh, nonetheless, it was still a separate company. Um, so with that, uh, with that, I kind of moved into that CMO role. And, uh, I, you know, I liked that role. I learned a lot. I didn't know a ton about advertising. I, I enjoyed... Uh, I enjoyed it and still enjoy it on some level. And then, and then Brandon, you know, Brandon left us high and dry. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to let you say it. Cause I know you always like to use that line and I really I hope he does listen to this podcast. We, we do, we do miss him around the track, but we know he's doing great things with NASCAR, but yeah, he, he did, he did, he did walk and, and, and do what he had to do. And, um, you know, I'm, of course I'm being the PR person here that, that that you guys hired so you know he walked and, and moved on to a, a a better opportunity for himself and then you transition and um what do you think about the dynamic of our of our track and our family like i i hate to say our employees because and and fellow staff members because we're not a staff we're, we're truly a family what's the dynamic and how, how are things going this year with the transition that you've made and what you see as a company you know, I, I joke with Nick a lot, and I'm like, truthfully, Nick, nobody, this 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 crowd here, they don't really have any real use for you and I. Yeah, you, know, you and I are like moral support. <laughs> We're like the cheerleaders. And then, because I started thinking about it, right? And uh, so we have two employees that have been with us less than five years. Yep. Um, you know, Craig and Kayla, right? So Craig's in, Craig leads our sales, and, and Kayla's in our ticket office. Less than five, less than, um, they're not even a full year in, are they? That's not even, right, yeah, I mean, two or three, right? <laughs> So, but then everybody else is between like five and 
what's George? Forty eight or forty nine at this point? Something crazy. George was George was for everyone who doesn't know, George is our uh, VP of maintenance and our track superintendent and he yep. laid down the sod the night before the first IndyCar race in seventy one. Which is crazy. <laughs> I mean nobody works at a company for forty eight years. I mean that's so rare these days. Um, and, and so I you know, to answer your question, I think that's kind of a testament to the Mattioli and Igdowski families and how they treat people. Um, you know, they, they let us they let us do what we think is right, and if we mess it up, they'll you know they say you messed that up. We saw it coming, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, learn do it again, right? Like yeah, we saw that coming. You didn't see it coming, but you got to learn eventually. So uh, it was, um, and that, I think it's just a testament to that family and the way that the way that Doc and Rose you know built this business and the way that that Nick and Michelle and, and Louis run it today. It's uh, it's it's big time. It's cool stuff. Well, because we're getting towards the end of the year. Um, you know, and I, I said this before you got on and not trying to blow smoke, but I, I think you've done a heck of a job kind of jumping into a role that, you know, I would say four years ago, even a year ago at this time, um, you know, didn't seem like it was going to ever happen or be a realization for you. But I think you've taken it and, 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 and put your own twist on it and continue to do a heck of a job for not only the track, but for NASCAR and IndyCar as a whole. So uh, thanks for being a great boss. Ah, thanks, Kevin. That's kind of you. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I got, I, I have a pretty simple philosophy, right? Like, number one is just be nice, right? Try, try hard, be nice, do a nice <laughs> job. But uh, you know, conversely, when you have a group of people that are supporting you and treating you well, and then you know, giving you opportunities, there's, uh, you know, maybe it's just you know, being a Southern boy and how I was raised and whatnot. But you respect that. You respect the people around you. You know, I mean, you guys. Whether it's you or Ricky or JJ, Kevin, Patty, Sandy, you know, everybody in the office, they come to work and they, they appreciate that, uh, they appreciate working for the family and somebody's beeping into my other line here. It's Ricky Durst calling me, <laughs> Ricky Durst calling me on the other line. Um, but you appreciate the opportunities the family's given you and, uh, you work hard and you try to do your best. Well, I appreciate that. And, it, you know, we appreciate working for you. We appreciate, you know, coming to work every day and doing what we do again for the fans and 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 having some having a blast but uh appreciate taking the time out um one final question before you go because you know how we like to have fun what is the single hardest and most difficult thing that you have to do on a daily basis oh man it's it's not even at poking a raceway i've got two toddlers (laughs) Um, i'm a five and a two-year-old there's look Coming to Pocono Raceway at some point is a little relaxing, but uh, so no, I don't. Uh, I have no issues. I uh, I love the work. Um, you guys all make it, and gals all make it easy. Um, and compared to trying to make sure I'm raising a five and two year old to be outstanding humans, that's uh, you know that's the struggle. Well, I think you're doing a heck of a job as a dad as well. Um, you know, I appreciate I appreciate everything you and you and Corey do, and and, and your kids are wonderful. And um, you know, we'll. we'll We'll see you back at the track, and uh, we'll hopefully see all the fans coming out here in a couple weeks for IndyCar. Right on. Thanks for having me. Well, that was a great conversation we had with Ben. Hopefully that gave you a little glimpse of into uh, Ben's world and, and uh, all things Ben. You know, there's an interview that if you guys want to go check out, I think it was on WNEP. Back in the day, Ben did his first interview, and it was hilarious. You know, he started talking about, you know, all the food concessions and things like that that, that the track had to offer, and he made up 
half the food stuff that he was like, we got chicken drums and uh, <laughs> it was in his Southern accent. Uh, none of it made any sense. Um, but he said, uh, you know, at the end he goes, bring the kids, bring the family. It's a ton of fun. So that has been his line still. Uh, so bring the kids, bring the family. It's going to be a ton of fun in IndyCar. Um, again, PoconaRaceway.com slash live. Enter to win for this podcast. It'll be up for a couple of days. We'll pick a random winner to win four Saturday Terrace Club tickets, four Sunday Terrace Club tickets to the ABC Supply 500 race weekend, and those come complete with paddock passes. Most of the age restrictions, with the exception of pit road at certain times, is uh, is basically free. So if you have uh, anyone from a, a toddler up, um, bring them on over, and you can head right in the paddock, and who knows, um, just like... Just like uh, Ben's kid, you could end up in Graham Ray Hall or another driver's car. So uh, we'll hopefully see you guys. ABC Supply 500, um, thanks again for the Pokemon Raceway podcast powered by ESPN 840. We had a blast. Um, episode 12, this is it. We got a couple more left. We're looking forward to it. We got a couple of great guests lined up and uh, look forward to seeing everybody at the, uh, actually, this might be episode 13. I might have screwed that up. I don't know. It's one of the episodes. We only have a couple more left. But anyway, fans, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.